to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hear me, Brother Josh. Don't you ever get feeling like, well, I'm going to go down to the front again. People are going to lay hands on me again. You're getting treatment every time you come into the presence of God. There's healing that happens every time you come into the presence of God. And if God chooses for yours to be a journey instead of miraculous, we give glory to God and just keep coming for another treatment. Come for another blessing. Come for another dimension of healing. Sister Kristen, you don't have to fear. It's not coming back by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. The key is in your faith journey. The key is in your commitment level. So give yourself and watch the Holy Ghost take fear away from you. Uh, There's healing in the house today. Amen. John chapter 10. Verse 10. Jesus has been speaking in this entire chapter, and I'm convinced there's powerful revelation that I'm just beginning to see in this chapter. But he speaks about the shepherd comes in by the door, and the sheep hear the voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Some might think they're just sheep, but he has them all named. And he leads them out, and he goes before them. And because he knows them by name and he goes before them, they hear his voice and they follow him. And a stranger they will not follow. Verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says, and know my sheep and am known of mine. I'm preaching under this title, Wolf Killers. (laughs) Wolf Killers. And I do want to, it's always honorable to give honor where honor is due. It's biblical in principle. And I do want to do that at the same time I want to minister in the Holy Ghost today. So on this 12th anniversary Sunday, I'm congratulating you, Lois and I say congratulations, Pastor. Congratulations, First Lady. Congratulations, Rack. God is doing a wonderful work through you. Thank God. Thank God. And the 12 years of foundation has been laid, and now... We're going to begin to see things that are very visible to our city. Our city is going to see the visibility of who you are. Your ministry is going to become very visible. The foundation has been laid, and now they'll begin to see the building that God is doing in you, in your church, in your ministry. Wolf killers, God bless you. You may be seated. I was traveling to western Canada at the time and flew into Salt Lake City to catch catch a flight from Salt Lake on to Vancouver. And as I was there waiting, I noticed some uh, well-worn magazines close by, perhaps like you'd see in a dentist office. It's always interesting to me to pick them up and see the date on them. But this wasn't the date that caught my attention. It was a story that caught my attention. Read through this story, and it is a true story, powerful. 
I have since tried to find it in periodicals and different places and Googled and not found the exact story, but found very similar stories, very much like it. So it began to talk about the 1880s, 1880s, when the West was still wild, when they were settling disputes in the streets by who could have the fastest draw of a six-gun and who was the greatest aim. And if you called me liar and I called you cheat, it was a life and death matter. And marshals and sheriffs were mostly in these western towns and settlements to try to keep the peace if someone got too drunk and throw them in jail for the night to get sobered up and a fight that breaks out from a salon somewhere, saloon somewhere, that there would be maybe a salon, I don't know. <clears throat> saloon somewhere that there would be a time for them to cool off and take the guns from cowboys as they came in the city so, or the town so that no stray bullets from celebrating cowboys just got their paycheck would be something to be feared in town. Wild, wild west. And this story picks up in Wyoming. And at that time, the territory of Wyoming was extremely wild, rough, and woolly. And there were ranchers that had ranched not only sheep, but also cattle, cows. And they had moved into the vast area, the territories, including the territories of Wyoming there, to try to make their fortune. And these huge acreages and great pasture lands, they began to, to try to find a place to grow their sheep, their herds, and become very wealthy. But because of this being such a wild, wild land, they had lots of problems with wolves. Wolves were everywhere. Great big lobos in that area that would chase down calves even those that were several months old, they could take down easily as they separated them from the herd and easily destroy a sheep and a lamb. And the nature of the wolf isn't just to kill and to eat, but it's to slay, take a few bites, and leave. Nature of the wolf. And so they would find carcasses of calves and even cattle and lambs and sheep that had been destroyed and ruined and so in that time there were men that began to rise up to feel a need there was a need for somebody to be a wolf killer and if you will google and study this time there are many that were very popular Probably the first one that you'll come on, uh, come up with if you began to Google or look it up is a man called Rattlesnake Jack. Rattlesnake Jack was a wolfer, as they called him, or a wolf killer. And he was known as Rattlesnake Jack because he was, he was the honoriest, most poisonous speaking, fighting. He hated everybody and himself. But he was such a good marksman with the rifle. And he was such a good tracker that he turned his poison venom on the wolves. And he was pretty good when a rancher had problems to bring in Rattlesnake Jack. Rattlesnake Jack was so hateful, he eventually ended up hating himself. He killed himself in front of his kid. Just a terrible guy, mean individual and man. And so... These are the kind of men. But this story picks up on a rancher that is in this particular portion of Wyoming. And he goes into town having everybody know that there's a problem with wolves. And when he walks into the small town, he starts making his brag. There he is buying some supplies for the next few weeks and getting some things he needs for the old ranch. And, and he begins to tell everybody, I've got the answer. I've got a plan, and when I execute this plan, I will never have any wolf problems anymore in my herds or upon my cattle or sheep. 
And they looked at him and thought, that's a mighty big brag because you might be able to kill the wolves and the lobos that are coming against you right now, but this is a wide open area. And as soon as you get rid of them, there's going to be some passing through. There's going to be some way that they find where your sheep and where your calves are. And he said, no, I've got the answer. They said, what you do? He said, I'm not going to tell you everything, but know this. I have hired the wolf killer. And when the wolf killer comes into town, he's going to eradicate the wolves in this portion of Wyoming. We're not going to have any more problems. And they, they laughed at him, and he just with a knowing look glanced at them and turned and went back to his ranch. And they waited a few days later, and sure enough, into town came this dusty rider. And this dusty rider dismounted his horse. This, this is a Winchester rifle. Actually, it's a Daisy BB gun. So I don't want anybody to be concerned that we're having deadly weapons in, in the public place today. It has never been cocked. There's no BBs in it. So we are safe today, okay? Are we all right? We're safe. Where did I point it at, brother? There we go. And the dusty rider came into town. He was riding his sorrel. And when he dismounted from that horse, he threw the reins over the hitching post. And, and he began to saunter into the little tack hardware store. And as he walked into the store, those that were watching, they didn't want to act like they was too concerned or too interested. So they just got where they was close enough to peek through the door and see what the wolf killer was after. How is he going to eradicate all the wolves? How is he going to get rid of all the wolves? And so they watched him as he began to do a little shopping. And, and he told the shopkeeper, I think I'll take some salt and some beans. And that makes sense. If you're going to spend a little time, you need some food, some vittles. And so that made sense to them. And, and then he bought them a brand new Winchester rifle, 73 model. 1873, that is. Well known in the West for its great marksmanship. Bought a hundred rounds of ammunition. And that made sense to them because if you're going to hunt wolves, you need, need some weapons. need to be able to shoot and kill. And, and all of this made sense until they watched him go to the other side of the shop. And, and there he began to buy nails, and a hammer, and an axe, even a little handsaw, and they're thinking, well, maybe he's got some crazy kind of trap that we don't know nothing about, and new technology is going to enable him to eradicate wolves. What's this all about? But they're too cool to try to ask him. They just kind of watch out of the corner of their eyes. And finally, he comes out and loads up what he bought and, and takes his horse outside of town. They, they wait a couple of days, several days. Before it rains, they got on his tracks and they followed him out toward where the rancher was, knowing he'd head that way. And when they got close to where the rancher was, they heard a sound. It, was, it wasn't the sound of a bark of a rifle as he was aiming and practicing and bringing his sights in. It, it wasn't the sharp round or the yelp of some wolf, but they heard the sound of an axe ringing on wood as he was chopping wood. What is this? Maybe he is building a trap. And when they come to where he was, he had felled several trees at the edge of the woods, and they're in some pasture land. It was obvious to them he was building a, a house. He was building some kind of structure. So they rode up to him, and they said, Mr. Wolfkiller, the ranchers made big brags. He said, he brought you in to eradicate the wolf problem. Is that true? That's true. I'm here to get rid of wolves. And they said, well, <laughs> you don't look like you're getting rid of wolves to us. How can that possibly be? He said, I'll tell you what. 
If you want your children and your grandchildren to know what the track of a lobo looks like, you better get them down to the creek right now because it won't be long. You're not going to see any more wolf tracks. If you want them to know what the whole howl of a wolf sounds like, you better get them out at midnight when the moon is full because it won't be long and you won't even recognize that sound anymore. I'm here to eradicate wolves. True story. And they said, Mr. Wolf Killer, that's a mighty big brag, and your reputation precedes you. We, we know that you're expert tracker, expert marksman, but there's no way you can totally eradicate wolf. How do you expect to make this happen? Is this some kind of crazy trap you're building? What are you going to do? And he reached in his back pocket, the wolf killer did, pulled out a piece of paper, and he said, you see this? This is the agreement that I've made with the rancher. It's a deed to part of his land. He has given me some of his sheep and given me some of his cattle. And what you see me doing right now is building my forever house. This is where I'm going to live and this is where I'm going to die. He said, when I finish building this house, I'm going to go into your town and pick out the prettiest little girl in town and marry her. Even if she don't want to going to convince her that she needs to marry me and marry her and bring her back. We're going to have little pot liquors all over the place. Children, sorry. We're going to have them scrambling around. You're going to see my family grow here. And this you better believe, that if my family lives here and I have my land here and it's my cattle and my sheep and my children, then I will do everything I possibly can to make sure there's never a wolf coming against my family, never a wolf coming against my provision, never a wolf in this place. He said, I will live every day and then I will die at the end of my time making sure that no wolves are hurting or destroying my family. True story, it's the 1880s. And now we flash forward some 115 years to the mid-1990s. I'm trying not to point that at anybody, so you're gun shy there. Mid-1990s and now 1997. And it has been discovered by a modern-day animal activist that the strangest thing is going on in Wyoming. That there's an entire region of thousands of acres that look like a natural habitat for wolves, but they can't find a single wolf there. 115 and more years later, not a single wolf. And so they decide that they need to reintroduce some wolves to that portion of Wyoming and let them go into their natural habitat. And so there's tracking that is done and there's purchasing done and wolves are shipped in cages and there's a small hill, good bit outside of town where they're going to release the wolves. they got a ribbon to cut and animal activist is there and everything is going as it should be. And as they're preparing to release these wolves back to reintroduce them into what should be a natural habitat. It looks like they've gone back in time because riding up the hill on horses are three cowboys. And when they come riding up, Stetson's on their head, Winchester rifles in the crook of their arm. They get up to where this celebration and party, releasing of the wolves is happening, and they don't say nothing, but they're Rifles are pointed curiously toward the cages of the wolves. And they crooked their legs in the horn of their saddles and just sat there. And as, as they began to watch, and as they began to go on, this lady realizes these guys have come to do business. And so she goes over to them and says, you know, I don't know what you think you're doing, but... We're going to release these wolves. And they said, well, that's fine. We're here to kill wolves. And she realizes that there's nothing that she can do about it. They closed down the event, and, and they have to reschedule it for several days later. And they have certain marshals that come and certain authorities of the place that are there. Now, several days later, they're going to release them again. And just like several days before, Riding up the hill comes three cowboys, pushing back their hat, throwing their leg around the horn of the saddle, and 
Rifles pointing curiously right toward the cages of the wolves. And this lady, this animal activist, turns to the sheriff and she says, There they are, sheriff. You gotta stop them. So the sheriff goes over to where they are, and you gotta realize that he's he's probably a little more on their side than he is on this animal activist lady. And he goes over to these boys and he says, um, boys, what you doing? They said, Oh, we've come to kill wolves. You've come to kill wolves, yeah. Well, you realize that this is zone specifically for this time and place. You cannot discharge weapons. And they said, well, that's fine. But we want you to know that we're expert tracksmen. And the moment they're released, nothing is stopping us from being right behind them. And as soon as we get out of sight of here, boom, we're killing wolves. And he said, well, exactly who are you? And they said, we are... The Steelman brothers and our great, great, great grandpappy came in here in the 1880s. They just called him Wolf Killer. And he built a house and land, and he lived and he taught his sons to be wolf killers. And his sons taught his sons to be wolf killers. He said, for 115 years, our sheep have not had to worry. Our cows have not had to worry because there's always been a steelman. There's always been a wolf killer. There's always been a wolfer. And anytime one tries to come into our territory, we hunt them down and we take them out because we will not allow them to live where we live. And the sheriff said, Tongue in cheek going back to speak to this woman, trying not to laugh out loud. And he says, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, ma'am, but I'm pretty sure that if you loose these wolves, they're, they're not going to fire their rifles here, but they'll all be dead before morning. But these guys are excellent trackers, excellent marksmen, and I'm thinking they're going to hang them on cottonwoods as high as they can for everybody to see it, that the vultures will swarm all over the sky. They, these guys are going to destroy so everything you're doing here is waste. She is so mad, and the red is coming up in her neck, and that vein is popping out, and she goes over to them boys, and she says, I don't know who you think you are, but you are destroying nature. And they said, ma'am, where do you live? And she said, well, I, I live in a penthouse in Cheyenne. Now, if you've been to Cheyenne, I don't think there's anything higher than three stories. I live in a penthouse in Cheyenne. And they said, that's awesome. If you want to take these wolves to Cheyenne and release them in their natural habitat, he said, you go ahead and do it. If you want to take them up to your penthouse and let them loose on your fine furniture and your beautiful uh, uh, shades and the different things in your... He said, you just go ahead and do that. That's your priority. But this, or it's your prerogative, but this is my home. This is our land. And as long as we live here, we will not allow wolves to cohabitate with us. The key to this story is all about ownership. Because you can hire hireling and pay them enough to babysit for a while. But when the wolf comes, you ain't paying him enough money to stay. The only one that's staying is those with the spirit of a shepherd. And I thank God today that 12 years ago, he put a call in the man of God to go to Athens area and there to be a wolf killer. And the spiritual battles that this man has fought these years with his bride and his family and those that begun this church has been a tremendous foundation that we are blessed to be a part of today. I want to present this Winchester 73. And Lois wrote on this for you, Wolf Killers 2019, 12-year anniversary. I don't, I don't know where he's going to keep it, but if he keeps it in his office, I want every time that you go in the office to see this is a wolf killer. 
Here's, here's why. Come here, first lady. I don't want to mess your hair up, but I'm just going to kind of set it on top. Wolf Killer 2019. Ooh, this is mine? Yeah. yeah, I'll send you a bill, but it's yours. I want every time that you see her wear, she's going to wear it to church like every service, you know. Every time that you remember and see this, that she's a wolf killer. The reason why is this. is because there have been hard times. And sometimes people that you've invested in and the enemy has used them to hurt and things have been spoken against your family, your kids, and it has broken your heart, and it has put a place in your spirit. But always through all of that pain and through all of that hurt, you have gotten back up and said, wait a minute, this is my town. God called me to this city. Wait a minute. This is my church. God has brought these people for me to love and for me to touch and for me to help. This is my revival. And because there's been a spirit of ownership, they're still standing. They're still fighting. (laughs) But I'm also looking at children spiritually. That it's not just that you have been born into the kingdom and this is part of your church, but within the DNA of what happens in this leadership is people that know how to fight against the works of the enemy, that know how to come against that spirit of depression that tries to steal from us, who knows how to come against that fear that tries to destroy, who comes with a battle cry of authority and you have tracked down the wolves and you are an expert marksman and through your prayer and through your fasting, and through your dedication. I'm appealing today for people to catch the spirit of ownership because it's easy for us to say, well, that's, you know, that's pastor's church or he's the leader or let someone that's on staff or Those that are involved or the young people this or that this and try to just say, well, others are part of that. But if there ever comes a time when you'll step up and say, wait a minute. This is what God has given me. This is my home. This is my family. This is my church. Now it becomes ownership. And like the spirit of the good shepherd, you would be willing to lay down your life. I wish somebody would get so mad at cancer that you would rise up and say, one is not enough, but there's two more that need a healing. So I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. Yeah, yeah. Pastor and first lady feel that way and many feel that way but is there any more that feel ownership? Spirit of revival that is spreading across this place but it's not just a few that are going to fast and pray and a few but somebody needs to rise up and say this is my revival. It's going to affect my family. It's going to affect my... Does anybody have a name? In the prodigal jar that you love. Then it's not just Jessica's ministry. But we are going to stand in the gap for prodigals. The worship time is not just first lady in the choir and that musician and this musician, but it's our responsibility. We take ownership of what worship happens in our church. We take ownership. Here's how you can tell. I'm I'm finished if you'd stand. Here's how you can tell the difference between a hireling, those with the spirit of a shepherd. You let the wolf come. And the hireling's going to turn tail and run. 
because he don't have no skin in this battle. But if you have the true spirit of our shepherd, if you are really his child, taking on his attributes and ability, you would lay down your life. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give unto you power. Tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Promise of the Holy Ghost, Luke 24, 49, is that you're endued with power from on high. Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is put upon you. Vision 6 and 11 tells us that we have armor. You've got your Winchester 73. You, you've got your ability to track on a hot, windy day across rock. You, you've got the ability if you'll just put on the whole armor of God. You're not some weakling out there. Weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are, they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. I prophesy to you today that the revival I'm seeing is touching your city officials. That what's been a foundation now is going to begin to be seen and become visible in your city. Officials will look for you for prayer, for guidance, for direction, for counsel. They'll be wanting you to spend time as chaplains, as different ones in their police force and to say prayers on city courts. They want to know what the power is that's operating in this place. It's becoming very visible. This is the revival and the harvest that God is speaking to you. There is coming a dimension of multicultural that God wants to give you to a greater degree than what you've ever walked in. I see Asians sitting among us as part of the church of Rack. I see a greater harvest into the African American community. Somebody's got to say, oh, that's not just them. That's my harvest. That's my people. And when you take ownership, then you have the ability to destroy the attacks of the enemy like never before. Because it's my home. It's my family. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my pastor. That's my church. That's my city. And as long as I can live and can put on the whole armor of God, I will not allow. I will not allow a wolf to live. But not just future. In this place today, there's some people that need healing. And although many do not really understand how the flow of healing happens, just use what you've got. Just pray the prayer that you do have. Just operate what knowledge you do have. Just, just use what faith you do have. That's the opportunity for the miraculous. And everyone that needs healing in the place, I hope that there's someone sitting beside you, across from you, close by, crawl the way across, that feels a spirit of ownership, that God does healing, and we are his children, so let's just begin to let healing happen. And people in the place that absolutely need an overcoming power, you have fallen into the same traps and prayed back through and felt like you were going to make it and you fell and say there needs to be an overcoming power that looses you and you will never be the same again somebody needs to take ownership that you'll do battle for somebody in the house and for every precious individual in this house who has not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues or perhaps not even moved your place toward repentance Perhaps not been baptized in Jesus' name. Is there any people in the house with the spirit of a shepherd? That you'll be the last one here if you have to. That you'll stay with a hungry soul as long as they'll stay. That you'll speak every bit of wisdom and knowledge and use up your faith. Somebody take ownership for what God wants to do in the house today. 
I'm looking for men to be godly men and fight. I'm looking for young men and women to stand up to the authority that God has given you and loose your anointing and your prayer. Even more so, I'm asking for people that have been on the peripheral for way too long to realize that this is my church and I have a purpose in the destiny and so I will involve myself. If you need healing in your body, I want you to make your way down to the front as they make their way. If you have compassion for somebody that needs a heat in their physical body, make your way with make your way with them. If you're willing to be the spirit of the shepherd and to fight for them and give, give come make your way with them. Find somebody to stand beside. Don't pray yet. Just come on down and somebody will stand with you. There has been attack across this church, and I only know this in the Holy Ghost. But so many of you are dealing with viruses and sinuses and things that have sapped your energy, and you feel like you can't quite get past it. You can't quite get over it. It has dealt with it for a long time. There's going to come a release in the Holy Ghost. Healing's going to come across this place. Symptoms that have been holding on and lingering on are going to fall from you. You're going to find strength when you wake up in the morning. Rest is going to be better than what you've had. <laughs> We've already got a huge crowd here. But if you're here and you need the gift of the Holy Ghost and you know you want it today, I want you to come stand right here close to me. You need to get to the Holy Ghost. You want it here today. Come stand right here. There's some people going to fight for you. Come right here. Right here real close. There you go. Come on. There you go, darling. Come on. Right here real close. <laughs> come on. Right here. There's still more that need it. Come on. There you go. That's a perfect place. Here's some shepherds right here. Here's some people with a wolf killer spirit. There you go. All right. All right. Now here we go. When we begin to move into this altar service time, it's not about who Evangelist Green prays for or who Pastor prays for. We are all children of the shepherd. In fact, I'll tell you this. When I put that periodical down, the last picture caught my attention because it was a picture of a cowboy looking off to the western sun. Sunset, beautiful, his foot up hitched on a post. And, and there was a little girl beside it, a little girl beside it. And it might have taken a hunter or somebody with that kind of thought process to look because you could see that there was a horse just in the corner of the picture where... They must have ridden up to that place to see the sunset, him and the little girl. But if you will track, there was a line all the way from the horse, a line pulled into the ground. And that line came to contact with a, what I'm guessing was a BB gun in the hands of that little girl. And that said something to me, that even if he didn't have boys... It's too important to destroy the works of the enemy that my girls are going to raise up to be wolf killers. There's some powerful ladies in this house today. I don't want you to be intimidated by what your gender is. But I want you to raise your weapons and fight. I want you to give yourself for the person you're praying for and let the Holy Ghost and let healings and miracles fall. Are you ready? Would you lift your voice and let intercession and praise begin to flow? Yes! Yes! Yeah, Rabba. I lose you in healing. I lose you in healing. Come on, somebody pray like you've never prayed before.
Come on, keep praying. That's too filled the Holy Ghost. Brother Stevens received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Cool, God's poured his spirit out. Brother Steve. 
What if we could lift our hands and our voice one more time, just pray in the Holy Ghost one more time. Hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord still moving and doing things in this house today. Not quite finished yet, not quite finished yet. Come on, there's some awakenings happening in this place. God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that keeps coming to my mind is that in his presence is fullness of joy. And then straight to this is the rest whereby I cause the weary to rest. With stammering lips and another tongue, he said, I'll speak to my people. And all those times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And one man said in the scripture, as it is written, we believe, therefore we have spoken. I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that people are not just feeling better, but they are healed today. If you believe and you came up for healing, 
then that's, that's your statement right there. That's it. I believe I'm healed. I'm not going to wait and see if I, I believe I'm healed. I believe that today it is different. That I am healed. If you've been struggling for things to get out of your life, you, well, you know what? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe today chains are broke in the name of Jesus. I believe that some doors have closed and some have opened in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you why I believe every other prayer request that was made is going to come to pass. I'll tell you why I believe it. Because God did what he said he would do when he promised in Acts chapter 2 and 39. For the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off. And we just watched two people filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the promise. A promise that was made over 2,000 years ago. And God's still keeping it. And if he'll keep that one, he'll keep the other one. That they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. Makaso shae Nasekea Mokushuma Sekara ni nakahata Selo sho makaishe te neka abaita anto naka Namanishikra namokoto da dea Lata kusiana wakohata Naka de shitumogate naya Nika nata sika Samo shata la kohata Aba sika satahaha Hallelujah. Clap your hands and shout to him. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Well, what a way. What a word of confirmation as we step into this 12th year. Hallelujah. That we step into it with power and dominion, victory, and miracles on the way in Jesus' name. I don't know how long the Lord's going to tarry, but while he is, there's going to be a work going on. 
there's going to be a revival going on. There's going to be blessings coming. But I'm not just sitting around watching this guy doing nothing. I hope when he comes, and I hope my hands are on somebody's head when that trumpet sounds. And I hope we're done praying so they come on too. <laughs> I don't want them looking around saying, what happened to that guy? I want us to all be in the air. Praise God. God's good. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to know from my wife and I, my family, my son and my daughter that There ain't another place we'd rather be than right here where we are. This is, this is our place, and, and we will fight for this place, and we will stand for this place, and we'll give everything we've got for this place for these people because this is what God called us to do. And I don't have one. There ain't nothing I can ask God to do to improve it. He's it's perfect like it is. I'll take it. Lord, this is it. There's nothing like. Your, your day may not be perfect, but you can still be in the perfect will of God. And so what the, the outside forces, the wind, the rain, the storms, you know, they beat upon this house. The scripture says they beat upon a house, but it didn't go anywhere because it was founded on the word. And this church is founded. It's got a sure foundation. And so the outside elements don't stop it. It's going to keep going. Let's, let's put our hand to the plow and don't look back. And let's see the kingdom of God come to pass. Amen. Praise God. Brother and Sister Green, we love you guys. Thank you for being here and ministering like you do. Thankful a lot of your family got to be here. Brother Judah, we're glad you got to be here. And Brother and Sister Noy, we're so glad we got to meet you guys. And, and I hope this won't be the last trip to Georgia. Hope we'll see you all back with us again. Praise God for those that received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues today. Glory. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. If you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, let's make that appointment. That goes for anybody in sound of my voice. Let's make that appointment. Let's, let's take care of that. Let's, let's be born of the water, born of the Spirit, and let's see God do some great things. Remember, no service tomorrow night, but we will be here Wednesday, and we're going to have a great time in the Lord. God bless you. My wife and I love you. Honey, do you want to say anything? There's 12 I love years. y'all. I'm happy. I love you. We love you too. And I tell you, I'm thankful for every one of, one of you. Just give yourself a hand for what God's doing in Restoration Apostolic. I appreciate every one of you, and we love you very much. We love you dearly. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.